Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hello and welcome to Excellence Expected. My name is Mark Asquith. Now, one of the weird things about doing this podcast is that you come across people that you wouldn't expect to come across. And that can be entrepreneurs from all across the world, or it can be people that you saw every day for the first 16 years of your life, which is uh, it's the situation today. And who I'm going to talk to today is a person that I went to school with, uh, grew up with up till probably about the age of 16, and then I guess sort of lost contact with, and thanks to the wicked world of the internet and the wily world of business, we, we somehow got back in touch, and here we are today. And what we're going to talk about is the importance of systemization within your business. And what that means is that if you're a startup, if you're a maturing business, it's very easy to get your head down and generate revenue and deal with things on a day-by-day basis. But that actually sometimes stops you being the most effective you can be. So what we're going to talk about today is becoming a business person, not simply a person with a business. And with me this week, as I say, I grew up with this chap, is Mr. Ben Beaumont from 48.3 Scaffold Design. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. Ah, real pleasure. We're just, for the listeners out there, what you'll not appreciate is that we just had a 40-minute chat uh, entirely off schedule talking about the past, the future, where we came from, where we ended up. And it, it, it is such a weird turn of events that here we are sat on Halloween in 2014, talking about business, isn't it? It's such a bizarre turn of events when you think about it. Very bizarre, really, when you think how far we've come in such different, diff, from the very same walk of life, but taking such different paths. And now, all of a sudden, ironically, in quite a similar position within our within our respective professions, but within a similar possession position, uh, doing you know successful things. And yeah, it's is the the conversation was quite funny when you think about whether we would. Have, Firstly, ever thought we'd be in this position in the future, and all the other people we know that have done this that came from a similar walk of life of us, and that both are. There's not many people that fall into the latter, and the first didn't seem like a very likely scenario. So yeah, it's really interesting, and it's really really cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's really fun to see how. Um, you know what it's like when you're a business person. You are so busy, and you're so head down, and you're focused on what you're doing that. Sometimes when you're carrying out your own personal development, and that's that's one of the big things that we have in common is that personal development side. And when you are focusing so much on yourself, it's amazing. It was certainly amazing for me, put it that way, to see that you were on such a strikingly similar path. As you say, you live 200 miles away now, and you have a business that's in an entirely different industry, yet you have the same interests, the same problems, the same aspirations, and the same goals. It's It's just... It's amazing, isn't it? It's just really, really interesting. I think there's a lot of people in common and a lot of the listeners that listen to this podcast. I mean, that's one of the reasons why after listening to it, I, you know, we, we made, I, I asked you, like, you know, can we do something together? Because I thought it'd be great and related to a lot of the topics that you spoke about. And I think it's a mindset, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you, what you do. If you decide that you're going to do something with your life, whatever it is, then you, you kind of just do it. And that, that, by definition, 
creates a lot of um, similarities between other people like you that are just trying to get on and do something and motivated to do so. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that relate to that. I would entirely agree. And speaking of motivation and uh, progress and and business and so on, tell everyone about 48.3 Scaffold Design. Where did you guys come from? What's the business? What does it do? Okay, so what does it do? 48.3 Scaffold Design is a structural slash civil engineering design consultancy. We work within the niche of temporary works design in the construction industry. And within the niche of temporary works design, we work within the niche of scaffolding design. So we specialize in the design of large scale commercial and industrial scaffolding um, on various applications. But So not the kind of thing you'd see on the front of your back of your house but the kind of thing you might see in a big station redevelopment or a city centre refurb or a petrochemical plant or some kind of something a bit bigger and a bit more um, a bit more challenging. And we specialise in, in the design of scaffolding in those environments. Um, why did the business start? It started because I, I got into scaffolding design through my um, stepdad. I graduated from university with a degree in civil and structural engineering and um, started talking to him bizarrely one day. He's from Barnsley as well uh, about what he did. I had no idea. He wasn't my stepdad at the time, but well, that's another story maybe, um, about what he did. And it just it, it sounded interesting and different to what I was doing. So I worked for him and was very lucky to have some great great coaching and great mentorship from him in how to do this job. And I applied what I'd learned at university and, and got into a career as design scaffolding. And then as we were speaking, um, you know, before we started recording, I ended up moving, moving down South, um, following my heart, um, and was managing a design department for a large scaffolding contractor based in South London. And, during the process of doing that, we were managing a small team, six or seven people, nice design department, but we used to subcontract a lot of work as well. And I had a direct exposure to the quality of subcontract design provision in around the Southeast. And I just thought, you know what? It's just not that good. And it was then that I had this realization that I could do this a lot better. And it wasn't necessarily the self-confidence that I had in my own ability because that, that I kind of already had that. and I knew I could do the job. But it was a realization that there was actually a market there and it was actually there for the taking. And things just didn't really work out with that company. So I ended up um, leaving prematurely, I think. I don't think I was ready for it and just going, you know what, let's give this a go. And if now's the time. And that was in May 2010. That's when the business started with me um, in my bedroom, working 15-hour days in your pajamas, I'm sure Many people have been there, not really seeing the light of day, doing everything you can. And now we've got, we've just taken on, um, five weeks ago, we took on our latest two uh, members of staff. Uh, that takes us up to nine. And um, yeah, we've got a nice office in Rygate. Things are going really well. Business is locking up. I mean, it's been, been very tough. The last four years, as the construction industry has been in a real tough time, you know, um, Running a business in a recession is not easy, especially in the construction industry and payment terms are tough and there's not much business out there. And you've kind of got to go and create a niche for yourself and find a market and a competitive advantage and stuff. And it's been it's been really good and really interesting and a real great journey. And, and now we're kind of, um, as the economic tides are turning and the construction industry is starting to look really positive, that we're in a really good position 
because of the foundations that we've laid up to now. So that's where we are. Um, yeah, where I, go, I guess to conclude that little sequence, where do we see ourselves going now? I think we'll continue to grow. We'll expand in the UK, um, try and increase our market share in from a business point of view, but just continue to focus on what we're doing, um, keeping our, our why message of why we're here, what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it. Um, just keep that at the forefront of our mind. We, we've, I, I think that distinguishes us and that keeps us, um, keeps us separated from the, from our competition, just that clear why message. Um, so I think, I think the future's bright and I think the only limiting factor for all, for us will be the, the availability of great people. Um, I think that will be the only limiting factor to our growth over the next few years. So times are good. That's really good news. It's really inspirational just to see see people who started in in such tough times. You know, I appreciate the fact that you are heavily reliant on the construction industry, and you started in the midst of of the economic crisis, and came through it, and actually probably so much stronger because of that. You know, that's that's really inspirational. That did you did you find that a real challenge for the first couple of years? You know, was there any point that you thought, Jesus, man, this is just too hard? You know. Um. I, the, the, the hardest time is the first three months um, when you're trying to break your initial cash flow cycle because the sequence in the in the construction is you start on day one, you don't have any clients, you don't have any jobs, you've just got this great idea and you've, you know, you full-heartedly set off into business and think this is going to be great. Then you think, right, I need to find some clients. Um, so you spend some time trying to persuade people to give you a job. You're just this one guy with no real reputation or any portfolio of work in, in your current guise. Eventually you persuade someone to give you a job, you do it. Um, you know, that might, might take a few weeks, the invoice you, and then you wait some people, you know, you can wait 90 days to get paid and you can try all you like to insist on quick payment or 30 day payment and, and things like this, but when times are tough, the last thing people want to do is give their money away, you know, or, get, or pay pay debtors, should I say, so, um, or pay creditors, should I say, and all your debtors pay you. But, um, yeah, that, I think that was the hardest thing, and, yeah, there were times where I thought, you know, wow, why did I do this? Um, because, I mean, setting up in the first place was tough. I sold a lot of things. We got rid of our car. I borrowed money off my family and kind of just scrimped and saved and got a wedge of cash together to cover our outgoings for four months, five months really, because I knew that's how long I got. But the the irony, Mark, is that because you've got that clock ticking against you, you think, I've got to make this work. And when you have to make something work, you find a way to make it work. So you do whatever you've got to do to get the job done and get the thing started. And then it was just it was just like a snowball, you know, we we get started getting more and more work and building a reputation and gradually you take your first we took first member of staff on after a 10, 10 months and then two more within three three months of that and like I say you just you just go from there uh, so yeah I think I think I think that that were there were there were times that were that were tough at the start especially uh, we we <laughs> I laugh about it now but. Um, Two months into starting 48.3, um, Anna and I uh, conceived our first child. And I remember uh, upon getting this news, 
and not being paid for any work yet and still saying to her, just trust me, just trust me, it's going to be fine. She turned around to me and went, okay, we've got a baby on the way now. You best know what you're doing. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I, just, I can remember saying, don't worry, it's all going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's, everything's going to be great. And just thinking to myself, God's sake, Ben, I hope you... <laughs> this really does need to be fine. But, you know, like I say, when you've got something to work for and some serious motivation, then that's that's what really drives you on every day, right? Absolutely. I think that's really inspirational as well. I, I love... I know that's a real... I don't want to say rags to riches because it's not, you know, it isn't the old kind of cliche, but I love that you set out with a goal and you really wanted to be where you are and you, you know, you sold the car, you borrowed the money from the family. We've all been there, but you had the foresight to say, look, I might not get paid for three months here. I need a pot of cash because I have got to be able to pay my way. And that motivation, you know, supporting the family, supporting yourself, but having the motivation to do what you want. I think when you put all of those components together, that is straight away the basis of a really, really solid business. So, yeah, well done on that, man. I think that's really, really good. Thanks, mate. Thank you very and much. Speaking of success, success is one of the things that uh, we all strive for, and obviously it's measured in different ways, but it's not without its challenges. And I think anyone that started a business or has been in business, and obviously listeners out there who are currently in business, will all will all agree with the fact that it's sometimes tough to deliver the optimum results if you've just got your head down and you're sort of firefighting. And that's obviously the crux of today's episode is, look, how can we achieve maximum effectiveness, both as people and as individuals, by introducing quality systems into our business? So let's just talk about that for a second. So when you think back to how you were maybe two or three years ago and the systems that you had in place, at what point did you think to yourself, look, I need to become more efficient here. I need to do a better job for myself and for my team because I'm perhaps not as efficient as I need to be. When did that hit you and what steps did you start to take to rectify that? That really hit me the first time we took someone on, a member of staff on, because when there's only you, everything it, it doesn't really matter if everything's stored inside your own head because the only person you're accountable to is you the only person that needs to know how to do anything is you because you do everything you make the tea all the way through to sending out and chasing sending out invoices and chasing debt so you, and everything in between so um i think it really became apparent when i thought i've got to delegate some tasks to someone here and i'm going to take this person home. i want them to be really effective well how do i want them to work how am I going to judge their performance? How am I going to make sure that they're really, really good and really effective? And then it shines a spotlight back on yourself and think, well, what have you been doing all this time? What, 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 how have you been working? You know, what, what is this big pile of mess that you've created? How are you going to straighten that out and create some order so that someone can actually come in and add value to your business? You know, um, I think that was the first thing. But if in hindsight, having and that's so that's ten months in for me when when we first started. In hindsight. If I'd have had, I, I could have done so much more if I'd have laid those foundations from day one um, because we would have been in a much better place and I would have been much more efficient having, like, uh, you know, having, having worked like that. And, and I guess, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing in that respect. Um, but yeah, I would say that's the first time when you, we actually took someone and it actually dawned on me, I need to actually create something a bit more formal than this notepad and pen and 
post-it note system I've got going on at the moment. I think we've all been there. I remember when we set up, I'd walk into my office and just be faced with this wall of post-it notes. And you're just thinking, right, okay, I may as well just bin all of those because I've got no idea where to bloody start. I don't know what to do with any of these. And I think certainly when I think back to when we started up, it was one of those things that when you start to put systems in place, isn't it so liberating? You can actually breathe again because you know what you need to be doing and what is important and what's vital and what's not so important. Is that something that you found as well? You know what? As someone who's a very impressive guy, um, owns a business, a property business in Peterborough that we, I, I used to mentor me effectively. We, we, I used to pay for his coaching services, said once, his name is Rob Moore, by the way, based in Peterborough, a great guy, very inspirational. Um, he said to me, I heard him say, when you don't have any time, focus on your systems. And I, at first I thought, a bit naive, thinking, well, if you don't have any time, how can you focus on your systems? But then it dawned on me, because you don't have any systems, you don't have any time. And and then he said it first, and then as I start to look at this, I realized that it was quite a famous quote, and someone said it before him, probably someone like Brian Tracy, or I don't know, someone like that probably said it. When you find yourself with your head down so much, and obviously we, you find that you've been hit by this roller coaster of Christ, I've got, I've got this first member of staff, and look at all these post-it notes on my desk. What am I going to do to, to translate that into some kind of system? How do I possibly make sense of all this? You know, how, how best, how, well, how did you find you went about that? How did you go around that? So when you are time poor and you obviously bearing that quote in mind, focusing on your systems, how did you manage to find that time to start to introduce those systems? I guess that's probably the better question thinking about it. It's the first thing I did. Yeah, exactly. So it's about being efficient. How can I be most efficient? And I thought, okay, so I know I need to be concentrating on my income generating tasks. Everyone who knows will tell you that. Everyone's uh, good in business will tell you, focus on your income generating tasks. And we'll maybe come back to that in a minute because that that's not the answer to the question you asked. The answer to the question I asked would be, I focused on, and, and, and the first thing I attacked, if you like, was the things I didn't like doing because I wanted to get those off my work schedule. Um, and one of the first things I did was employ a bookkeeper because when you're doing all your own accounts, day in, day out, I, I just don't like doing my own accounts, quite frankly. I prefer spending my time on doing stuff I enjoy, and that's not one of them. So the, I had this priority to get my, I thought, you know what, I need to get someone in to do this and help me with this. So that means I need a much more efficient process of um, cataloging our hours, managing our quotes, and relating that to raising invoices and chasing payments and doing that whole process. And I wanted to give that to my bookkeeper and keep and, and get her involved with doing that thing. And, and that was, I think, the, the first thing I focused on because I didn't like doing it. Um, so after that, after seeing, thinking, okay, what don't I like doing every day? And, and the reason was because you're not motivated to do that thing and you don't like doing it, it takes you longer and you put it off and you procrastinate about it and it's just really, really inefficient. And it becomes like, oh, my God, I've got to do that again. Oh, it's time to do that. Oh, you, do you, know, you know what I mean? It just surrounds it in this shroud of negativity. And as soon as you can get it off your plate, you can, it's liberating, you know? And that's the word that you use, and it is. It's very liberating to be able to pass that over. So 
if you can focus on the stuff you don't like, that's a real good thing. And there's aspects of everyone's business that you just don't like doing that are a necessity, like your tax return at the end of the year, right? Small business owner, especially if you're a sole trader, doing that, no one likes it. Great people have got that systemized. Don't have to worry about it. So I'd say that wasn't the first thing uh, we focused on. The next thing we focused on was the income generating tasks, really. I, I figured that, okay, the tasks that we, we're a service based provision, a uh, service based company providing a, a, a service provision based on an hourly rate. So a lot of people could relate to that. Solicitors, accountants, I guess you guys have an hourly rate, don't you? We do indeed. Yeah. So, you, you know, that kind of thing. I thought, okay, if I, the certain tasks attract a certain hourly rate and there is a certain value attached to doing those tasks. And if I can make myself more efficient at doing those, I can do two things. I can, one, pass that uh, cost saving on to my clients, create a competitive advantage in my own marketplace, and two, become more profitable myself. So that was the second point of the te- uh, focus. I, 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 and there was no real logic to re- choosing the, the, the things I didn't like over this. I guess if you're going to choose something first, you might choose this first. It makes more sense. But that was the next thing we chose. And I started looking at our income generating tasks. How can I make the stuff we do every day that we charge for more efficient. And we maybe talk about some practical examples of that later on, but that was the next thing we spoke about. And then I guess after that, it was um, things that maybe were on the periphery of my expertise. So things like uh, SEO, things like web building, media, marketing, um control of documents, project management, quality assurance, all these kind of things that I guess are not actually to do with the, they are related to the design of scaffolding, but they're not. The design of scaffolding is about providing a solution to a specific problem, and that solution is an amalgamation of lots of different factors, but in creating that solution and then delivering that solution as a service provision, those things like project management, quality assurance, service delivery, marketing, SEO, web development, news stories, all this kind of stuff um, is, is kind of all bundled around the periphery of, of your service provision. And I don't really know, profess to know anything about a lot of those things. I know some, and I've learned some over the years and stuff, but focusing on them and allowing, putting a good system in place to, to deal with those, and that might be utilizing X external expertise or it might be bringing someone in to, to, to um, you know with specific expertise in those areas or just reading something and getting some great information about something and then applying that in a way that you can continue to use going forward um, that that's really good because it, it kind of it, again it, it's a bit like the one way where it, if you don't like doing it if you don't know how to do it you can sometimes put it off um, and and procrastinate about it. So again, that, I'd say those are the three main things we focused on in kind of in that order, I think. All right, guys, this is Mark. And for now, we are going to put a pin in that right there. Tune in next time for part two of this fantastic episode with Mr. Ben Beaumont, which is packed full of even more insights to help you systemize and grow. As ever, don't forget, head on over to excellence-expected.com where you can find a copy of the show notes and, of course, links to part two of this episode. Until next time, guys, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.